Hey, it's Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. This week's episode is called Reevaluate the Things You Know to Be True. <laughs> As always, I'm excited about the episode. <laughs> you know me. I wouldn't do an episode if I wasn't excited about the topic. So, this one's going to be a fun one. As always, I'm glad you're here. Here we go, guys. All right, this is just a forewarning. My dog is in full lick mode, as always. He's here to be a co-host. He loves the energy of this podcast, even if he's yawning just as I begin. Uh, And so he's part of the show. Here we go. Uh, This episode, I want to get into something really interesting. And maybe it's being spawned from the fact that I now have a 13-year-old who knows so much more than I do. I mean, if you have no clue where you're going or what you're doing, just ask a 13 year old, they'll let you know. (laughs) It's like all of a sudden I have zero knowledge and he knows everything. And it really is. I mean, I've heard people say that before, but it's unbelievable. You know, the knowledge in his brain. So he was convinced today that he had one day of basketball tryouts. And I knew it to be true that there was three days and he would not hear it. Needed to ask his friends, steal his phone when I wasn't looking to look it up, pretended to be checking on his laptop to see if he did all his homework which he already knew he did when really what he was doing was looking up this you know I mean it was like oh my gosh really dude like I I know I look incompetent (laughs) I know I sound like I have no knowledge but I have little nuggets here and there to offer you just gotta listen right but it's funny because in his own mind though he is right and in his own mind this is the way reality is and you don't know what you're talking about so Many of us, it got me thinking, like, people just live in this sort of altered reality of, like, this imaginary world they've created in their own minds all the time. You know, we walk around with things that we are so sure and confident of. And it's interesting how often those things that we're so sure of usually are the things that we're way off on, but also how they're shaping our whole entire way of living. So I'm going to give an example. Like, this morning I grabbed some raspberries at the grocery store. And I was thinking about a friend of mine because she's always telling me how, you know, I need to lose weight and it's just so hard and I just want to eat all this junk all the time. And then we went somewhere and I had, I think it was like raspberries or some kind of fruit bowl or whatever. And she was like, oh, if I could have this every day, like then I would lose weight. And I was like, huh, well, this is an interesting story you're telling yourself because you can have it every day. And she's like, you know, well, it's so expensive. Nobody can like do that every day. And I was thinking to myself, this is hilarious. This is the girl who every time we go to the store, by the way, every time she buys a coffee every time. Um, It's like a $5 or more thing every time. I just bought two things of raspberries, two for $4. (laughs) Like I know that's really inexpensive and it's probably not usually that inexpensive, but like Yeah, you could eat it every day. You definitely could. There's things in your life you could cut out to afford the things you want. Almost always and almost for everything, I feel like this is true. Most people just live in this boxed out world where like this is what I can afford and that is more than this. And whatever it is, whether it be a car or a home or whatever, people aren't willing to adjust and adapt their lives to make their dreams happen. I've never once wanted something so bad and not found a way to be able to like bend my current situation to make it happen. That's what I'm saying. Like there are ways you can usually give to get. 
There's usually things you could give up to have that work. But the story in her mind was like, oh my goodness, fresh fruit in the morning. Like, oh, that's some luxury, which just cracked me up. Cause I'm like, no, it's really not. And actually like that big thing of like donuts you just bought actually just cost you more. And then you're going to go back to the store halfway through the week and buy another like junk food thing because, you know, you ate that faster than you thought. And now before you know it, you spent way more than you would have if you just bought the fruit to begin with. Dog. Really? I don't know if you guys can hear him today, but this is in excess of the usual. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, but yeah, so that stop telling yourself a story without really pushing the envelope a little to see is it real? Is it reality? Or is it a story that I have been convinced of in my own head forever? You know, like taking a trip to your favorite destination might sound so not in the budget right now, but is it? Do you have something that you've been holding on to that you don't need that's worth a ton of money you could sell and take that trip? These are the things that I'm saying, like, look at your life a little more closely and with a different eye and really say like what is important to me and if what's important to you is a life experience and you're being held back by items that you're holding on to that you really don't need or care for anymore like just see where you could give you know see what things might just be like the non-reality that you're so convinced is factual um yeah, I that it was just too funny to me this morning to see the raspberries and like <laughs> this whole this whole thing that like in her mind is just so unachievable. And it's not unachievable and as a matter of fact, I think she will find that as her head clears, as it always does when we eat better and we exercise and we're healthier, we can see things in a different light too. That's the hardest part is when you're really in the depths of feeling like out of shape, out like not doing well healthy wise and all that. It's hard to make good clear decisions that make sense because you are kind of like groggy and like just not dealing with a full deck, you know? So yeah, so let me be the voice of reason here. Anybody who's saying like uh, that they can't afford to eat better or they can't like, you know, indulge in the luxuries of fresh fruit in the morning. That is such an example of like a big, bigger problem, but you know where I'm going with this. It's kind of absurd. And if you really, really with a fine tooth comb, go through all of these little tales, you're going to find a lot of holes in your theories. <laughs> you know, take my 13 year old, for instance, it was very easy to disprove him, but even still he wouldn't let it go. He was like a dog with a bone this morning. Oh my goodness. I was like, bud, at this point it's time to concede and apologize to your mother for being so mean stop it just grow up already no I'm kidding it's just that this age is just so hard and I do think okay so I know I always get into science here so the frontal lobe of the brain is where attention and focus come from right and planning and all these things that you know a 13 year old boy does not have fully developed yet it's just not and it's not really in his capability to not think that he is the all-knowing one like this is really just his brain <laughs> growing and developing and I have to just roll with the punches but I definitely think this stage of the game might test my patience just a smidge <laughs> especially somebody like me who's always like trying to see the cup half full and this age is like a walking talking devil's advocate of like a million reasons why whatever I say might just not be a fact <laughs> So, okay, I guess you're right. And let's just see. And then five seconds later, it's like, oh, mom, do you have this? I did need to bring it. Yeah, I brought it because I knew I was right. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> You're welcome. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I mean, I'll miss this too, like every other phase. But um, I think that for some people, <laughs> more than are willing to admit, this phase of being right and set in their ways never passes. It's not a phase they grow out of. It's just a new developed way of being, you know? So I'm constantly reminding him that it's not okay because it's an important thing that when he's old enough to now look back at, I want him to have heard me in his head and his subconscious mind over and over again, reminding him that you need to have an open mind. You need to realize that your way is not the only way. You need to realize that sometimes other people have tidbits of knowledge that you can gain and learn from, you know? And if I haven't planted that seed and I just kind of let it roll with this whole, uh, you know, know-it-all thing and let him, you know, think he's right, he's gonna have to learn some tough lessons on his own that, you know, I'd rather provide a little safety net and just keep reminding him, you know what? Less talk, more listen. <laughs> Two ears, one mouth. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. So yeah, pray for me. <laughs> but in all honesty, uh, I look around me and I see it more probably with adults because the stubbornness has set in. So of course we're all right. By the time we're adults, we know best. We know this. I can't do this. I cannot do that, which you will always be right. You know, say it as a statement of fact, it will be so. If you really want to live a limited life, keep rolling that way. <laughs> That's the way I see it. You know, it's okay to be right all the time. And right can be a really boring life. You know, it's great. You were right. You couldn't do it. <laughs> That's, that is fantastic. Or, you know, maybe there's a way. You know, get creative, whatever it is. Um, I know somebody who really wanted to take a cruise. I want to say it was Alaska. Um, and they found a way to create a business trip out of it like take the company on this thing and made it a thing. So it was like, it, it just made sense. Like sometimes you just got to think outside the box. So maybe you personally can't afford something, but maybe as a business write off, it was doable and you were able to still see the sites and get work done at the same time. And so then you still have your vacation week coming. Maybe it didn't even have to count as vacation. You know, maybe there's just another, I think I've talked about this way back in early episodes, but the back door, right? So there's always like people are trying to get in this store or that, that one over there. But like usually there's that other one that like no one knows about. But the, you know, the few select <laughs> that dare to dig and look for it. There's another entrance if you just keep looking. So, um, you know, when you want to just say this is how it is. I've already looked into it. I've already tried. I've, there's still, I would say, just continue. And if you are making forward action towards a goal you'll find things will fall into place to make that happen for you, you know? Um, it's just, it's the effort you've got to continuously put in. And then when everybody else starts to quit and say, it won't work, it won't happen, it's not doable, the ones that continue to push at that point, they're the ones that get the win. They're the ones that find the way. You know, most people quit right before they get there. It's like we really work our butts off so hard and then, right before is when they finally say, uh, no more, no more. I mean, this podcast is a great example. When I first started it, I didn't really have any expectations, but, um, you know, there was a lot of people around me cause I was working with people who were really already established in areas where like they had podcast managers and they had, um, you know, people helping them find their ad spaces. And I was like, what? I, it was so overwhelming. I kept freezing in place and not starting because it was like, oh, that all sounds like too much work and ugh. And then finally one day I just did it. 
And I never stopped because I wasn't getting listeners early on. I mean, it's been variable along, like bizarre. Like sometimes it's people from like, you know, random, random, like Jamaica. I had a few listeners at the very beginning that were consistent. I had, um, you know, Australia, I had a few like consistent, consistent followers, but it was like kind of bizarre. It wasn't, I wasn't really even advertising it. People were just kind of stumbling on it. Um, and then I could have just walked away and been like, why am I wasting my time with this? But the second that every time I got busy with other things, but I continuously did this forward action towards the goal, never just sat there and him and hot over like, when will the people come? Should I be advertising on my Facebook group? Should I be? Nope. I just kept plugging away, putting it out there. I'm like, whatever. One day I came home and there was like thousands of downloads. And this is kind of a funny story because I I actually looked into it and asked like, what happened this day? And they're like, oh, you got featured on blah, blah, blah. And without even asking me, they're like, we'll make sure to reach out to them and make and not have them do it again so that it won't mess with your statistics. I was like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. So they did. And so my listeners went down again because they basically blocked me from being promoted, which is bizarre. I don't know. I And then I went back and said, hey, I didn't have an issue with this, but you know, you can let them do that. But they, it, they never changed it and it never, like the numbers kind of stayed down again. So again, like these are setbacks. These are things that happen along the way that might make you scratch your head, but should it have made me walk away and give up on the idea? No, because that's, I feel like that's when the universe throws things in your path to throw you off your track, to see how dedicated you are to the cause. And then most people will. They'll just be like, oh, forget it. Why am I working so hard? This is never going to take off. And then they're done. And then there's a few of us that just keep trugging along. You know, it's like that. What is it? The fox and the... Why do I try to make these analogies? I don't even know. The tortoise and the hare. Well, anyway, just that slow, steady progress forward is going to eventually get you there when everybody else is falling off, you know? So... I just don't even look at it. I try to just put it away. I don't look at those numbers. I don't look at where they're coming from. Now, granted, that's not a that's not a really good deliberate action in terms of trying to grow numbers because if you're not studying those numbers and stuff, it's really hard to just, you know. But I right now in my life, I have so many other things I'm doing with coaching and a million other things that it's not a top priority, but getting the podcast out every week is a priority. So I keep doing that without necessarily trying to grow it. Because in my mind, that is a little bit of grabbing the steering wheel from the universe God and not just allowing it to sort of happen how it's going to happen because then I'd be pushing to make it happen this way or pushing to make it happen that way. So I'm going to continue to do it. Eventually, you know, I imagine somebody will hear it, the right person, and it'll just blow up. But for now, my numbers are slow and steady growing. I've got so many amazing listeners and downloads that whether or not the ads show up and the money starts rolling in from it, I don't even care. (laughs) I am satisfying my desire to do this. um, And I'm gaining from it in that way. And so many of my clients, as soon as they find out I have a podcast, they jump on board to wanting to hear that too because they want more than just my weekly coaching. So they come here. So, you know, there's other ways that things will serve you. And it's just that rigid mindedness of how things are going to unfold that sometimes gets, you know, where things get sticky. So no more of that. I don't really care about how things develop. I'm all about the knowledge and absolutely believing that it is happening and then just going with the flow a little bit. It's like, 
if I have a desire to go back to this raspberry situation, <laughs> to lose some weight and feel good, I know that I am going to cruise right through the baked goods and to the produce, you know, get something healthy, but find something that you love there. So don't try to like torture yourself by going swinging all the way to the, you know, your, the worst vegetable that you hate and trying to force yourself to eat that. You know, find a way to do better today than you did yesterday. And that's still forward progress. That's all. Like, stop saying I can't do that. It's too unattainable. Maybe this week all you do is cut your coffee out. Now you've reduced one bad habit and you've saved a bunch of money in the process. So two big things just came out of it. Now with that money, you can make some better choice, right? Or do something, put it towards a membership at the gym or um, spend money to go to a pool with your friend and go swimming for the day. I don't know. But I just, sometimes you just got to get a little creative and think outside the box instead of thinking it's going to be, uh, weight loss always comes with exhaustion and working out, which I hate. And I really don't like eating the foods that I have to eat. Like I hear so many excuses when it comes to things like that. Um, you know, my background as a physical therapist, obviously a lot of my stuff was around exercise. So I've heard all the excuses in those arenas. And again, there are just so many stories and it's really like interesting to see where a lot of it came from and, you know, whether it's passed down from generation to generation, things you believe to be true. There's a million ways to get exercise in that do not involve anything exhausting, boring. There's so many ways. Go find something fun. I love to dance. I dance almost all day long. (laughs) I can't sit still. I don't know what that's about, but like if I'm in the kitchen cooking, you had better believe I'm either singing or dancing nonstop. I just like to move and I like the energy that music gives me. So that's a pretty consistent in my house. My kids love it because they pop into the kitchen and will periodically just like, you know, dance with me and hang out and like the energy around it. But I mean, I'm assuming I burn a heck of a lot of calories doing it because I mean, for all the things that I probably eat while I cook, (laughs) maybe it's just like a wash, but, but at any rate, like I'm having fun. It's bringing my vibrational energy up. And what you definitely don't want to do is try to eat healthier, which is a good positive um, replacement or positive move, and have it bring a negative consequence of a low vibrational energy, which will then have you attracting bad stuff into your world. So this isn't a weight loss like episode. I'm not talking about how to lose weight, although some of these tips are really helpful. Um, It's really just about remembering you don't want to replace one bad thing. um, I mean, one good thing rather with a bad thing. You know, if you if you bring in a good thing, you don't want to have now all these negative consequences from it or it's really not worth what you just did. (laughs) Like, in other words, if you really want to take that trip and you're going to have to sell, you know, your favorite um Mustang that you have like <laughs> to do it and that's going to break your heart and you're always going to regret it, then that's not the trade-off you want. You've got to look at your life and really think like day in and day out what you could look at your home, by the way, most people could do this. And if in three years you've never looked at it, touched it, used it, whatever, it's probably safe to say that the trip might be worth more to you than hanging on to that thing. You've probably not really needed it or probably never will, and you don't really need to pass it down to anybody. Oh my gosh, I hear that a lot. Listen, I work with the grieving, so, but there's a lot of getting rid of stuff that we talk about often, and I will tell you this, nobody wants your junk. And it's not junk to you, it's precious, and it's 
a heirloom and it's whatever it is, it is junk to the next generation. I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't matter if it was your grandmother who you adored's favorite you know, or her wedding band or what, they don't care. I mean, I will tell you, this younger generation, most of them care about like, what is it worth anyway, which I hate to say that. It's, it's not a, a slam against a generation. It's just you know, but the emotional connection to the thing isn't there for them. They didn't know that amazing grandmother. Now, this is not to say this is across the board because a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on sentiment and there are plenty of kids who would love it just because it was a family member's. So please, no, I'm not just, you know, stereotyping a whole generation or, you know, anything like that. I'm just saying, like, in large part, I hear this very often from family members of like, oh gosh, like I just lost this loved one and now we've got to go through all their stuff. And it's like a burden that they carry because nobody wants to have to do that. Plus, guess what's going to happen? They're going to see your late grandmother's ring and they're not going to know whose it was, what the value in it was, unless it was something that you literally cherished and wore every day and, you know, talk to them about, they're going to see these things and not know the connection and the memories for you. So a lot of these things might end up at a pawn shop anyway, or on, you know, the front lawn in a, you know, a big, like, you know, sale or estate sale or whatever. People aren't going to necessarily have the time to put into like sifting through all your stuff. So I say, if it's just sitting there, sell it, enjoy the money you make from it, doing the things that are on that gosh darn list, get the list gone. No more bucket lists. (laughs) It's time to remove the bucket list and get rid of all the stuff. What a freeing combination, right? Like, oh, to not have that like weight of stuff. And then on top of that, now you are doing things on your you know, lifetime list. It feels so good. So, all right, quick break. I'll be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. Okay, guys, we're coming into holiday season. So unless you're watching this on a replay, it might not be any longer available. But if you're listening to this in live time, I just want to let people know I've got all kinds of options for gifts that you could give to somebody who's grieving this holiday season. There is a $33 monthly membership into my uh, coaching private Facebook group that is just for clients where I, on a weekly basis, will be giving coaching lessons and posts about how I'm getting through things like the holidays and so, so much more. They get the entire library from day one and there's no obligation to stay beyond one month. So it's for as little or as long as someone would desire. Now, another option, and this is my higher ticket option, but I do have spaces available right now, which is so exciting going into the holiday. Doesn't always happen that way. Um, Actually, usually this is my busiest time of year, but right now we have a little bit of a gap. So I've got some spaces open. It is $2,800 for the full program. The full program comes with what I was just talking about, that $33 a month thing. You get that for free and you get that for life. So uh, that's a really exciting thing all on its own. On top of that, there is videos, workbooks, all the good stuff, but covering every single how I did it, what's worked for different members, what doesn't, you know, moving on into new relationships or not. How do you just even exist without your person? So many cool things things like how do I actually feel someone's energy who's passed 
This is a skill that even my young kids at the ages of seven and 10 figured out in a hurry. So powerful. There's just so much stuff. You have to reach out and just find out. I can give you all the little details on what is involved, what is not. There's one-to-one coaching. There's guarantees. I just want people to feel supported through the holidays and this is an amazing way to do it. So maybe you get in with a, a sibling and together this is a gift you give to your parent who lost you know, their significant other. But either way, it is a beautiful gift for anybody who is grieving a huge loss. And I've had so many wonderful clients just come out on the other side feeling whole again instead of broken. And that is a gift in and of itself. So guys, if this is speaking to you, I will drop a link in today's podcast description. I make no guarantees whether there'll be spaces or not, but hopefully if you hear this and act fast, there will be, and I'll see you on the inside. All right, guys, back to the show. So I want to talk about the subconscious mind a little bit. I love this topic because the subconscious mind is the big brain. It's the amazing part that runs the show. It gets no credit, stands in the background and does everything. And, you know, the the other part of our brain, that conscious part, it's the part that thinks it's in charge <laughs> and it comes up with all kinds of thoughts and things and you know well it really doesn't there's it's still acting upon this subconscious pre-programming really so to affect the subconscious mind is to change your whole way of being so a little side note that I'm going to be a certified hypnotherapist coming right up in just a few months. So I am already developing programs. Just a little side thing that I want you all to know because this is huge, huge in the way of grieving, but in the way of just anything. Uh, I've seen powerful, powerful transformations already with this. And I mean, we're talking like my youngest son used to gag every time he would smell um, like a strawberry scented, artificial strawberry, not like an actual strawberry, but anything strawberry flavored or scented. Oh my goodness, it was awful. Like an actual dry heaving like event. When he was very little, he got sick um, and strawberry yogurt used to be his favorite thing. And I think he got sick and that, that taste now, the smell, whatever it is, he, he couldn't even be like, if you were on the opposite side of the room with something, it would affect him. So on the way to one of his basketball practices, I had like 15 minutes and I'm like, hey, you want to get rid of that? Because I needed to, I think I might have told you guys this already. I needed to be able to take some um, candy that I had brought with me that happened to be strawberry flavored. I didn't think it through um, because of my blood sugar. It was like I was having a low blood sugar and I really needed to eat it. But I was like, oh, I don't want to get him car sick and right before practice. So I was like, let's just hypnotize him real fast. Did it. And I kid you not, the kid took the, the bag of candy and took a huge sniff, didn't affect him, no problem. And ever since he's been fine with it. He actually, when he smells it says, oh, that smells more like raspberries. It doesn't even really smell like strawberries. So whatever really like he connected in his brain to like now he doesn't even really associate it with that same scent, even though it is the same scent that he's smelling. So it was so powerful on something so small. And then I witnessed the most beautiful thing, which was a woman going from like she couldn't even give it a number it was like a 20 out of 10 pain on a scale uh, of grief from losing her husband earlier that year to then watching her transition to not even being able to come up with a number still having the loss and then the awareness of it all but not having it take her down you know she was just like so aware of it but mostly aware of all the beautiful parts 
And to watch that, just, oh, I mean, I knew that's why I was taking this certification, but now I'm fired up. So just a little side note, I am going to be coming up with programs to help people with my hypnosis um, and around their grief. And it's going to be big and powerful. And I'm going to be doing pre-sales coming up that are going to give you so many extra bonuses. Things like if you have things like fear of flying and or certain food things or smoking or other things you want, I'd like I'll pack some of those in with it for the people that want to pre-buy. But I just wanted to put this in your ear because subconscious mind is all, like hypnosis is all about affecting that. So oftentimes people are like, okay, I know that this is at the subconscious level. I've done enough homework to understand where in my brain this is coming from childhood things or it's coming from old stories. But how do I change that? Uh, you know, like why, how can I get out of my own brain with thinking that raspberries are an overpriced breakfast for the elite? <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Even just to say it out loud sounds ridiculous to me. It doesn't sound ridiculous to her. It sounded like part of the story that she's been telling herself for decades. So uh, it's funny and it's not funny. But if you can affect that and you can change that, you can change any behavior you want. You want to lose weight? Great. You know what I'm saying? Like, so now that there's tools that can actually affect the part of your brain that's repeating a bad story, there's nothing you can't do. I find this to be so exciting and just empowering, right? Because you can take the power back. Stop giving away your power to this, you know, the things you've heard in your past, the things you think you've witnessed. You know, your subconscious brain is constantly taking in. It's able to hear the conversation across the room and the one that you're having at the same time and just put them in a file, <laughs> you know, like, and it will use that as an arsenal later to try to convince you of something as being fact that maybe isn't, you know, so we need to like restock the file cabinet. That's the way I view it anyway. It's like you need to put things in there that your your brain can pull on as evidence to the good stuff and evidence to a different way. And hypnosis is just a beautiful way to do it. I can't tell you how excited I am about it. I love this stuff. I mean, it's changed me. So now we know that there are tools to change the subconscious, but I also want to remind you that the conscious mind, that's the part that, you know, the stories that you're just telling yourself, like the, the verbal stuff even. Like, so my friend the other day kept saying like, oh, I'm such an idiot. And I was like, why do you down talk yourself like that? And she's like, no, I'm not. I, I know. But like it was already said. And my son did this the other day, too. And it's said with such emphasis and like belief. And then, you know, they'll say, oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm, I know I'm not. But that doesn't cancel out what you just said. And I tell my son all the time if he says something negative, now reverse that. And every time he's like, all right, I can, I can focus on it. And it's like, well, you just said I can't, my brain can't do that. Like emphatically, you believed that comment. And then you're going to try to counter it with, oh, I guess I can. That doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, no, I want you to powerfully come back and be like, I've got this. I have the skill set in my pocket. I have the capability. I know how to do this and I've got it. That's what I need you to come back with. And I need you to believe that. And then I need you to say it probably five more times to cancel out the one time that you just said the other thing because, man, phew. And so how we talk, the verbal part, I think all of it. But our conscious mind is something that we do have easy control over because those are the thoughts we're spinning all day long. Those are the stories we're telling, like, you know, 
if you're sitting in anxiety, for instance, um, you know, you might just be sitting there on repeat around the same, you know, going in circles and believing the same garbage. So I just did a live, um, this is the biggest difference, by the way, for my clients, sometimes I come in here and I give you guys a little bit of what I'm giving them and there inspires my podcast episode. Um, but I'm usually telling you guys the what I think you need and why I think you need it. And in there, I'm telling them the how the heck to do it. <laughs> That's a little different. But I will say this, like I want to give you this nugget. Um, I was talking this week a little bit on this quote I just love, and I should have named the podcast episode after this, honestly. It's that intuition whispers, anxiety screams, right? Think about that for a second. Intuition is like what we should be listening to. It's the first thought that pops in our mind. It's sort of our gut feeling of what we should do, what makes sense. And we don't always hear it because we don't tune into it enough. We kind of brush it off or if it feels uncomfortable, we want to do what feels comfortable. But if we followed that, that's your aligned path in life. That is the path you should be following. I think it's higher power, call it universe, whatever aligns for you, but telling you, you know, you say like, oh, I pray and I never hear back. Well, maybe you do and maybe you're just not listening. <laughs> you know, maybe that is that nudge. And so I really try to tune into it all the time now. But getting, that's a little sidetrack, but if you really think about anxiety screaming, so if you're hearing intuition is just this quiet voice, but anxiety, when it shows up, it like overpowers everyone. And a friend of mine yesterday just said, oh, that sounds like Inside Out 2. So I don't, that's like, I don't know if it's Disney or who put the Inside Out movies out, but I want to give credit to it because it's a very amazing story. If this is what, what I've heard from her is correct. The first one was all about, you know, the emotions in this girl's brain. Um, they're portrayed as these little cartoon characters, right? Well, in the next one, so there's already inside her brain, she's already got disgust. She's already got um, anger and sadness and joy and all these things, right? Well, see her sadness and anger hanging out or whatever, and in comes... Um, if she's either anxiety or stress. I think she's anxiety. And so anxiety like busts into the room and is like, I'm here, you know, with her suitcases and whatnot. Like she's just coming in and taking over. And it's funny because that is the emotional experience that often happens with us, right? It's like, even if sad and um, angry as you might be, all of a sudden if anxiety comes in, they are like stealing the show. The anxiety will almost override every other emotion. They just think like, no, I'll take control here. I will make sure that I steer this ship. I've got this. Like, they just are really a control freak. And so instead of talking about it as a person, let's go back to just the emotion itself. It's like, why are we giving it so much power? You know, anxiety, it just wants to, like, keep us safe. So let's, like, let's thank it for its job, honestly, because it's coming from a really good place. It wants to make sure that everything in your life is safe and that's not a bad thing. It's a, I mean, I'm grateful for having something that's watching me, but it's like, all right, scoot aside to get a little bit like you back into the background and I've got it for now. Like right now I'm doing this. I'm being brave. I'm being bold and I'm not afraid of the consequence. So you can sit in the background, you know, you can worry. And when you really need to jump in, I'm going to let you come back in. But for now, shh, 
hush. <laughs> and as I tell my son, <laughs> a little less talk and a little more listen. Because it's really, you know, if anxiety is just barging in on the scene and taking over the show, it limits you beyond belief. And I think oftentimes it's coming from that place where that sort of self-assuredness in our stories comes from because anxiety is working to sort of, you know, combat anything from the norm to keep us in that safe space. So what's the norm is what's sort of in the subconscious layer, right? So it will recognize anything that strays from that norm and label it as dangerous. <laughs> and you don't want that. You don't want this voice somewhere inside you screaming, danger, danger, <laughs> you know, turn around. It's like, no, I finally put my walking shoes on. I'm ready to move forward. And if this voice is screaming and I'm giving it a megaphone, then I'm going to be pretty stuck for a while, right? So take away its megaphone put some, you know, maybe earmuffs on yourself a little bit to damper out that sound and just trudge on, you know, <laughs> just stop letting the worry around it limit you. And I know a lot of people who have not done so many things that they really wanted to do in their life because of fear. And how are you going to feel at the end of your life when you know, there's no risk at that point, right? You're like, all right, I'm already moving on here. But why, when I had those opportunities, did I let a worry over, you know, nothing get in my way? There's almost nothing that you can't handle. And maybe you haven't heard that enough in your life, but I'm here to tell you there's nothing you can't figure out. You know, there's a million ways things can go sideways always. You're not wrong in that. But don't let that undertone of fear and the what ifs keep you from the opposite, which is honestly, what if it all works out? What if it all goes perfect? What if it's the best experience of your life that you never could have even foreseen or knew existed? This is the thing where you can only work around your own reality, which could be really small. Most people, I think, their reality is pretty small. They're staying in their hometown. They're not, you know, going beyond the the walls of their home even. Like, that is baffling to me. But there's so much to see and experience still that most of us will never even come close to touching. So get out there and start doing things. And then so what if it fails? So what if it's not, you know, exactly as you thought? Or, oh no, what if I don't know how to speak the language? Or, you know, you'll figure it out. They have apps for that stuff these days. Like, there's just too many limiting factors when fear is the one with the megaphone. So I say, I mean, you Play nice with your fear. It has done nice things for you. It has probably kept you safe in many a situations, but it also is okay to allow it to just take a break and give yourself the break because a life in anxiety, we talked about cortisol so much in the first season, but it, I mean, I'll remind you of it again. It makes people sick. It gives people cancer. It's a nasty little hormone that does have a job and we have to love on it as well because it is very similarly trying to keep us safe and, you know, that whole fight or flight thing. I won't get too far into the whole hormonal piece of all this, but Truly, like nobody should be in that anxious state for too long. You know, spikes of it are natural, normal, safe. It keeps you protected. But a consistency around these high cortisol levels and the hormones being all out of balance like that, 
for prolonged periods when there's really no major threat to us is very unhealthy. And so for many of us, we label everything under that category as a threat. You know, stop being afraid of your shadow at this point. It is time to say it's really like worth the risk to see if I step on this thing, if it's really going to bite. You know what I mean? Okay, don't don't go out there and go get snake bites and problems. I'm talking about your shadow. But really, like we really hold ourselves back because on some level, we think we're right. (laughs) We think we're right. And I am here to let you know today, most of us are not right. (laughs) Most of us have it all wrong. And, you know, this is my season of it. I am here for taking the step into the unknown and just seeing what life holds because I'm only getting one of these and I don't get a makeover. I don't get to decide at the end that I didn't do all the things I wanted to, so I'd like to to do it over. And there's no, like my kids playing video games, you know, there's no next life. You know, you don't get another chance at it to have, you know what I'm saying, the next, you know, like when they get another live, like a way to continue playing the game. I don't know, I'm not saying it the right way, but you know what I'm going at. So you got to do this one big, full, fun, you know, open arms to whatever. That's the only way to receive, by the way, is to open your arms up, unclench a little bit and receive the good stuff. Try the things, dip your toe in and stop thinking you're right all the time because your poor mom needs you to take a break from that. really though stop 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 we're not all right all the time hear other people's point of views you know allow yours to be molded a little allow your subconscious to make new stories by hearing new things and looking for evidence to amazing things that exist and you're gonna have an amazing life i know it so keep coming back guys for more tips and to hear what we've got next week i'm so grateful you joined and have a wonderful holiday season